Hello, everyone. It's Lindsay here from one of my stories. I just wanted to get on here and do a couple of quick reviews. The first movie I want to talk about is a film called Inside, directed by Vasilis Katsupis. It is written by, co-written by Katsupis and also Ben Hopkins. And it is starring Willem Dafoe, who is really the only person that is in this movie. Yes, there are other actors that show up, but it is pretty much a one-man show, really, for, for Willem Dafoe. And I'm not sure many other actors could pull this off. In the film, Inside, an art thief known as Nemo gets trapped inside an apartment that he is robbing that is full of priceless works of art and something goes wrong with this carefully crafted procedure that he and his handler number three have cooked up. Something goes wrong and he's now trapped inside this apartment with a broken thermostat no running water and a refrigerator that's pretty much only stocked with condiments as rich people who don't like to cook do. He is trapped inside with no way out and he has to sort of use his wits to try to escape. And if he can't escape yet, he has to think of a way to survive until he can escape. So it's very much an amazing feat of acting that's being done here. A one-man show where a person is trying to use all of their wits to get through pretty much an impossible situation. It's a situation that you don't expect because here he is breaking in. That is what he does for a living. He breaks in, finds these treasures, removes them, and here... You know, he was able to get in, but he can't get out. And so it's just a clever spin on sort of a familiar trope. Now, as I stated before, I really don't know too many actors could have pulled this off other than Willem Dafoe. Not only is he on camera pretty much every single second by himself, there's no one for him to play off of or react to. He is inside, trapped by himself it's also a very physical performance in that he is doing all kinds of awkward things because of his isolation there's an insanity that comes with that and in order to play that kind of character who has survived by himself in this apartment for an untold number of days there has to be a sense of abandonment and not all actors are ready to go there. You have to really be willing to not look pretty or not try to make it look choreographed. And so Willem Dafoe is just really good at this and really is able to let himself go like perhaps nobody else could. The director and the production designer do a really good job on giving us a sense of claustrophobia. They just do a really great job making use of the spaces in the in the penthouse apartment to really drive home the fact that this character, Nemo, is trapped. They do a lot of shots where the camera is focused on 
Willem Dafoe's just face and especially like inside the refrigerator. And so the way they frame those shots make it really drive home the point that Willem Dafoe is trapped in every single way. And so there's many shots where they film him in awkward positions or from a certain angle. It just really drives home that point that he's trapped, even though he has set this gorgeous open space that people would pay money, right, for this kind of view. But for him, it feels like a prison. And there's interesting things they do from different heights, even in the room, because sometimes he's down low on the ground looking at the sprinkler system that's in the plants and he's just waiting for that moment it turns on but other times he's up high trying to fiddle with a window or something hoping he can get out i think one thing that's interesting about a survival thriller is you don't always need a lot of character development for a thriller to work You need your viewer to be in the moment. And so your focus always needs to be on what's going on inside this space, this place, this time, right now. You don't want to mess a lot with flashbacks and looking back and trying to get into their backstory. And why is he an art thief? Rather than really make it about character development, it's more about a character snapshot because of the choices he makes and how he makes them, we get a sense of just how he lives his life. Does the person survive on instincts? Do they make really rational choices? In the case of Nemo, he is a very deliberate person who knows how to put a plan together because he's so good at heist and so he's used to okay let me organize all my thoughts and i'll play it out and do step one and step two and step three and he's very rational in that way but at the same time because he's alone in this in this space there is this need he has to express himself you know you talk about the hierarchy of needs you know you start with the basics of water, food, and shelter. And then you need to feel safe. And then at a certain point, you get into self-actualization or making a mark, making leaving a legacy. And for Nemo, he feels that very strongly because as he goes along, as days, as hours turn into days and then perhaps into months, he is he he is aware of the fact that he could not make it out of this apartment. And so he has this desire to leave a legacy. And I think that's something we all do. And even though it's a survival thriller and very in the moment, it still takes time to explore some ideas, which I also appreciated. One of those ideas is this thing about art. Now, he tells a story and he tells this story a couple times, but it's about uh, a project he had when he was little and his teacher asked him to write down the three most important things he would grab. And he mentions a pet and some music and a sketchbook. And he makes the statement that pets die, music fades, but art lasts forever. 
And that sort of bugged me when I first heard it because I am a musician. I love music. And so it bothered me that he would say he would almost separate out music from art. Right. Because to me, music is art and music is a comfort. And so there are great works of music that have been invented years ago and we still enjoy them and they enrich our lives. And so I was, I wanted to take argument with that. I wanted to sort of push back against that. But I think in Nemo's eyes, if you have music, you either need a device to play it or you need someone to sing it, you know, someone with the memory to sing that song or sing that tune. But if you have a piece of art that's on a wall, that art is there, whether you like it or not. Now you could you could see you could look at it and think it's ugly as all sin or it's pointless, but it's there in your face. You, you, you see it. And so it it does give you that deeper thought about what is art, what is valuable, what's the point of art. Why do we have, why do we put pictures on our wall? Why do we put posters on our wall and photos? And these things bring comfort to us or they express who we are. And so there's that idea that, um, you know, in this movie, Nemo has opportunities where he has to destroy certain things versus keep certain things. And it's interesting what he decides to keep and what he decides is valuable in the long run. There's also a quote he pulls out from William Blake from his Marriage of Heaven Hell of Marriage of Heaven and Hell. It says opposition is true friendship. And that really seems to grab his attention and he ends up reading this book further. That idea struck me and I wanted to know more about what he was talking about. So that was another thing I pulled out is I wondered if he was saying that friends or ones that aren't afraid to challenge you but it it feels more like look after looking at it the point seems to be that people need striving to thrive that they need something to push up against that if there's no differences of opinion that life is stagnant as bo and boring and there's no growth and so he's almost saying we need different opinions like like the democratic model perhaps and that was an interesting thought because there's all of this talk now about how in our world we're so divided and we're so different but yet if we're looking at this William Blake thing that's a good thing that makes us better people in the long run we need those differences to learn and push up against each other and challenge each other's ideas and to have something to to fight for that's worth fighting for. And so um, these are just a few of the ideas that you can get out of this movie that is ostensibly just this survival thriller of being in this house and how would you get through it. So it's a little more than just on the surface, which I appreciated. My one complaint about this movie is, of course, some of the things about survival get into the nitty gritty 
And you have things like, okay, where would you go to the bathroom? If you're trapped inside, what do you do with those things? You don't have a flushing toilet. And for some reason, they decided we needed to see Nemo's pile of poop during part of the movie. So that was fun and something you can look forward to. I'm not sure I needed to see that to get the point, but there was a real close-up shot of that. But other than that, I do think this is not a movie that everybody would enjoy. It's definitely a thinking man's thriller or thinking woman, thinking person's thriller, let's say. So it's, it's not something that everybody will enjoy because it's a little quieter and it's, it's almost like watching a play. Now, I mean, the movie is not a play. It, it's three-dimensional and all that. But it gets into that thing about when you're stripped down, when everything, when all of your comforts are taken away, who are we at the core and what things are important to us? Also, it has an open-ended ending, which I think can be quite annoying to some people. So that is my review of Inside... I give it a solid three and a half, maybe four out of five. It is short, a short movie, so it's not, it doesn't feel too long. I think it's um, a good length for the type of movie it is. So now we're going to move into something completely different, which is John Wick 4, the fourth chapter in the John Wick big action epic franchise directed by Chad Stahelski, starring Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Donnie Yen, Shamir Anderson, and Bill Skarsgård, and a great fighting cast. Everybody does an excellent job with their presence. Of course, we all love Keanu Reeves <laughs> playing John Wick, or Jonathan, as they call him. The clear standout, the two assassins there's all these different people of course that have been hired to, ch to kill john wick and of course none of them can no matter how injured he gets but uh shamir anderson and his dog amazing dog uh he's a shamir anderson he's a he's credited as tracker or he goes by mr nobody but him with his dog were, were a great entry into this and then um, we had Donnie Yen, who is playing a character named Kane, who is blind, an old friend of John Wick's that, because of different circumstances that are being held over his head, gets roped into this plot to make sure that John is brought to an, an end. So you have these two old friends that are fighting against each other. And you have this new entry with Mr. Nobody, who is not an old friend, but he's almost becomes a new friend. They're frenemies. <laughs> They're because he actually, in many instances, wants to keep John Wick alive for the purposes of him being able to kill him at the at the end once the ransom gets up high enough. So many times he ends up being this unlikely ally. And those two, Donnie Yen and Shamir Anderson, are fantastic. Bill Skarsgård is, is always good. And here he's playing an evil character. And so we love to hate him. And he's, he's very sniveling, of course. And it's 
it's kind of icky the fact that there's this marquee who's hired everybody else to do his dirty work and because he's in this position of power he's able to make all these things happen even these people that like each other and respect each other he's forcing them on to fight which makes it really evil and dastardly one of my favorite parts going into it was i had heard the rumor that this was their version of a david lean epic and so I had heard that going in because of the length of the movie, but I didn't realize they were going to directly pay homage to the movie. So there are some shots that specifically reference Lawrence of Arabia, which is my favorite films of all time. So look for that at the very beginning of John Wick 4. It's pretty overt. There's a beautiful shot where somebody blows out a match and it cuts to the desert and a mirage comes out and these are all direct homages to Lawrence of Arabia. And so that was really beautiful. The fight sequences are completely insane. That is what these movies are known for. Um, to be honest with you, I've only seen the first John Wick movie. I haven't seen two or three. So I'm jumping from one to four, but it's, it is pretty amazing that they have these fight scenes are so long and each of them is different, and they keep finding creative ways for John Wick to fight these evil dudes. And you you wonder, how long can they keep going? Like, how long can he keep going with this? But he just does. And some of these set pieces are insane. There's one that takes place in a dance club. The staircase one is really great. My personal favorite is the Arc de Triomphe, the roundabout in Paris that is probably the most insane action sequence I've seen in a while except for perhaps stuff that happened in RRR but that it was just um, an amazing thing like how did they even do this and so it, it's these fight sequences are a combination of fighting and choreography but also grace and ballet but they make it look violent you know it's not it's not graceful, it's ugly, but it's stylized and beautiful and very creative. And you, you're you watching it and you have, you're like, you watch it with a face of delight is the only way to say it. That's amazing, of course. But there are a lot of really beautifully lit shots as well. There's a subway scene that has all these red and blue highlights and color filters they use and i you can tell that in some ways they're trying to make it look like a graphic novel especially in the manga style a lot of the shots look like they could be storyboards from a graphic novel panels you know like comic panels is what it, what it looks like because they frame things so very well and so it's all really well done. John Wick is one of those movies you do have to see in the theater. It's amazing. You'll have a great time. So I definitely recommend it. That one, I'm probably going to give a four and a half out of five. Who knows? Maybe I could be convinced to put it up to a five. So I recommend uh, John Wick 4 definitely for the action thriller. And then inside, as a more quiet, you could probably save that one for a home rental or stream. 
no need to rush out to the theater for that one, but it is a good thinking man's thriller. So that's it. That's all for the night, folks. Good night.